Yeah. And because we were kind of stale in our growth and stale in a lot of things, just kind of things were, were kind of stagnant and not moving the way it should. And you were like, hey, I listened to this speaker because this is really profound for me. The speaker said, if you're going to treat your side hustle like a side hustle, then it's going to remain a side hustle. And if you're going to treat your side hustle, you need to start treating it like a business. And you were like, that's what we're doing wrong. We're not treating this like a business. And that was kind of a shot to the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it. I'm so excited to share the stories of brilliant, funny, and powerful women who are tapping into their skills and making tomorrow better. On this podcast, you'll learn how women just like you tackle tough choices, failure, and cultural bias in pursuit of bringing their great ideas to life. These women are the face of change, not just pretty. Hi, I'm Rena Jensen, your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We have Kendra Aris in the house again today uh, because there have been lots of changes in her life, in my life, in our lives together. And so we're going to start talking about them. And I know you all can't see her, but she suddenly looks very paranoid. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I, <laughs> I'm not paranoid. Hello. Thank you for having me. I, um, I was thinking, when was the last time I was on your podcast? It's been about a year. Oh, is that all? (laughs) A lot can happen in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about where do you want to start? You, the things that have happened uh, are the most obvious and the most recent is our uh, official legal partnership of you conferences. LLC. Yeah, we should talk about that first. It probably doesn't seem very exciting. And it probably seems like, why would anybody want to listen to a podcast about that? But um, it's it, actually really juicy tea. So it get is, your tea it's ready. It's a really big deal. Uh, yeah, it is a really big deal. Yeah. I think, I think, and where that goes back to is if you, um, I have done a lot of small business mentoring, mm-hmm. um, both kind of in a professional manner and on a casual level. And I have said for years, just based off of that experience mostly, and some other friends that have been through some things, that I think partnerships are a terrible idea. Yes. Um, you know, I sort of feel similarly about marriage, even though I've been married three times. <laughs> That's a different podcast. And, and, and a different kind of partnership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it is just as serious as marriage, honestly. And if you yeah. work with a lawyer, you'll sure as hell find out that your partnership is probably more legally binding than your marriage. And that's exactly that. what you said when we were in our lawyer's office, but signing all the paperwork. paperwork. <laughs> yeah, I did. And that's how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. But um, so I saw, I, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I saw every single partnership that I ever helped with. Maybe it was me, um, but that I ever mm-hmm. talked about fail. And it wasn't because like the people were bad or the idea was bad, but it was always because the partnership was um, like, it, it was just too undefined. It was mm-hmm. too undefined. They, they were still in the honeymoon phase. It's like, honestly, like deciding to get married after the first date a lot of times. So that, <laughs> yes. Hey, we are really great friends and we should totally do this business together. Okay, let's do it. And then it just is, there's this idea of, because we're friends and we have a really great friendship or because we've been friends for so long that we'll be able to work through this. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that can't do that mostly because, um, they're not devoid of feelings like you and I are. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's, it's really helpful to just, um, be on enough Lexapro to, (laughs) Just wipe out any actual feelings you have. Right. Um, I do believe that that honestly helps me. <laughs> it, it, for real though, there there is, so it's not, we should probably elaborate on that a little bit. We actually did tell in a sponsorship meeting not that long ago that it does help that we are devoid of feeling at opposite times. Yeah. <laughs> but, but from that standpoint, like that's really an ego thing. And neither one of us 
while people who don't know us may think that we have big egos, we don't have much of an ego whatsoever. And no, that we, can, we have big girl pants on. We do have sure. big girl pants on for sure. Um, but that, so that the, the decision to take you conferences out from underneath your corporate umbrella and make it its own entity was um, something that I was, I, I knew eventually would happen. <laughs> um, but I was just waiting for you to catch up. <laughs> you waited a long time. It was five years. Um, yeah. Truly, I played hard to get. But I mean, to go backwards, U Conferences was started somehow, and and we won't go into the nuances of it because mm-hmm. it's been told and it's kind of a boring story because we don't really remember the details. <laughs> um, but we we had our first event um, in 2018, and then it was like, well, I guess we can do another one, and it kind of snowballed from there. And eventually, it had to be made some sort of legal entity or, you know, because people like to write their checks to the U conferences and not to Kendra, you know, we needed to be legally liable and responsible and all that stuff. So I put it under my corporate umbrella and really took over um, most of the planning aspects of it. And a lot of that at the time was probably due to ego, frankly, I mean, um, control ego Mm -hmm. on my part, or maybe both. I don't know. I mean, it just, it happened the way it did. And then we ended up in this place where it was like, it just was naturally the best decision for you conferences to be, if we're going to meet our goals. And that, I guess the other thing I'll say is, so the conference kind of started with inspiration from other conferences that we had both attended. I attended with my husband, companies that I've been with, organizations, whatever, you, and the same with you. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started with wanting to provide that locally for small business owners and then what kind of tipped the scales was you went to a conference, was it last fall? That, 2020. That, no, 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 no. The more recent one, when you came home. and oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, and because we were kind of stale in our growth and stale in a lot of things, just kind of things were, were kind of stagnant and not moving the way it should. And you were like, hey, I listened to this speaker because this was really profound for me. And she... The speaker said, if you're going to treat your side hustle like a side hustle, then it's going to remain a side hustle. And if you're going to treat your side hustle, you need to start treating it like a business. And you were like, that's what we're doing wrong. We're not treating this like a business. And that was kind of a shot to the heart. (laughs) (laughs) And you're to blame. Yes, it was. That was a very profound moment for me as well, because at that time we had not even discussed the possibility of a partnership. We had just, we were just trucking along the way that we were. Mm-hmm. And we had a committee of volunteers that were helping us. And there was some frustration because the committee wasn't doing what we thought they should be doing, but they weren't doing what we thought they should be doing because they thought that they couldn't or they, yeah, they weren't being communicated didn't. to, they right. weren't being empowered properly. Like it yeah. wasn't developed correctly from the foundation up on, right. on uh, every, my part, your part, whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I, no, and that's all, it just yeah. wasn't being done. It wasn't being done right. Yeah. Managing w- all that is hard. It is. It is hard. And I, I wanted to have that conversation. I think, so we, So I went to that conference in September, mid-September, and I don't think we were able to actually have a conversation about that until October, maybe like late October, early November. Well, you would come back immediately and said the thing about, we're not treating this like a job. We're not treating it like a business. I I held that for a minute. (laughs) Oh, well, because I feel like I stood, I stood on it for a while. I'm like, God damn did. she is right. You did stew on it for a while, but it took me a, a little bit to to even bring it to you, not because I was afraid to, but because I really wanted to have a conversation in person about it. And we just couldn't get our schedules to, to connect. And I was like, fuck it. We're just going to hear All right, Kendra, here's the deal on the phone as I'm driving to wherever I was like, we're, we're, this is an us problem. This is a, we are not treating it like a business. We're treating it like a side hustle. And yeah. And it's kind of, you know, for a while, justifiably so, because you had another business, I have another business. And so it was a side hustle. 
And to make it an actual business, to make the U conferences an actual business would mean drastic changes for both of us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that, so the decision, so the other thing that we did was in um, 2021, we started the U Academy. And oh yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was like, I was, I forgot I was going to say something. And yeah. yeah, that was why, that was why the partnership conversation started because you were going to run the U Academy under your LLC and nope. I was going to run U conferences under mine. And then you own something and I own something. And eventually we just realized how stupid that was. Yeah, that was dumb. And <laughs> <laughs> like, this cannot happen. The, the Academy has to be under the umbrella of the conference. And we cannot do that if we're not in partnership together. So consider it, like, think about it. And you did. And I, and I was really um, kind of surprised when you were like, I, I think this is, I think this is right. The right thing to do. Let's, let's move forward. I was like, holy shit, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the one reason why our partnership works well is because you often say things to me and give me space to stew on it. Um, yeah. and I don't even realize how much I need that. Cause I'm often a trigger decision maker. I, you know, I've got enough ADHD that will allow me to make a decision right now. And it could be stupid. It could, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got, we've built, we've built a rapport and this has taken work and mm-hmm. trust and all of that. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that came easily where when you say something, even if I don't like it, I'll be like, I don't know. Let me think on it, which yep. I'm sure, you know, means my gut reaction is fuck no, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I often just need to think it through. And I think that's just how my brain works anyway. I've got to like literally think through the consequences, which is why when I'm thinking through the consequences of you conferences and you Academy being separate entities, and really that was probably an ego thing too, that what that would have done is kept our profits separate. Yeah. that That's what that would have done. That would have been like, you can have your success or failure over here and deal with it. And I'll have my success or failure over here and deal with it. And then, but it, we would have been like, you know, opposite magnets trying to exist in the same space. And it it would have derailed. And and they can't survive. That's not true. Both of them could survive on their own. The the U Academy can be the Academy. Like we could have completely separated it, but it didn't make sense to do that because they feed each other. Yeah. Because they help each other because it's a community that, that, we're both trying to build for the same reasons and it just didn't make sense to keep them separate any longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of our, our sales funnel, you know, not, not everybody that attends a conference will attend a lunch and learn. Not everybody that attends a lunch and learn will join the Academy, but a portion will. And, um, it doesn't mean that they're less a part of our, a a part of our audience. So yeah. And, and we did it like the big girl way. We went to the, we went to the lawyer. We did we had it done correctly. Um, we each had to take pieces of the business. Um, we, we had to identify them, our, which pieces of the business were ours for decision-making reasons. And we had to take pieces we didn't like, Yeah, which sucks for you mostly. <laughs> I know. Actually, it Again, devoid of feelings. So it doesn't really matter. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, that's the real truth of it. I mean, good luck owning business. If you think you're going to like it all. Right. I, True. Very, very true. And even our lawyer said that we were at least 10 steps ahead of every other partnership that comes into their, her practice. And that, I think we do need to touch on the, the shit that we had, the experience where we did kind of separate. I was always involved. So this, I don't know if I ever told you, I think I did. I'm fairly certain I did. That time when we had that little the real tea, the tea, the the gossip. Let's go. Well, and and my memory sucks, so you might remember more than me. But I'll I'll fill in where I can. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, for every uh, significant person in my life, my memory is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good. Um. That so when we had the separation of the conference and you took it over and it went under your LLC and you took over the planning and you did all of the things, I felt some kind of way. I. Well, and I didn't let anybody in for what, what was not. it, 20, 20, 2019 entirely? Yep. yep. Or the end 20, of no, October, 29, yeah, 2019. I did all of the planning myself yep. uh, with very little help and I would not let anybody in. I right. I mean, 
I worked the registration table. I worked the mic. I worked the sound. I everything. I, I did. I did all of it because for, I was. For those listening, yes, those are some control issues. Yes, we have been working through those, and yes, Kendra is much much better at the at that particular stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I can say, part of that was um, some voices in my ear. I will keep, I'll keep that private because I don't want to give any attention to that, to yep. the, to the yeah. voices. There, there were a lot of reasons why that separation happened. But one of the things that about me, normally, if I feel like I have been jilted in some way, and that was how I felt at the time, that I just walk away and be like, fuck it. I don't want anything to do with you either. And I'm out. But I never once, <laughs> I never once wasn't involved. Because I right. knew that the conference was much bigger than how I was feeling. And I know that I needed to understand how I was feeling and why I was feeling that way before I said anything, because I wouldn't be able to accurately describe what was happening on the inside of my brain without it getting worse and bigger and uh, oh yeah, it would have become a bigger issue. I you would have been defensive. I would have been defensive. You'd have been like, yep. it would have gone like, hey, what the hell's your problem? And I'd be like, what do you mean? And right. then you'd have been like, well, you're shutting me out of this conference entirely, and I think you're being a dick. And then I would have been like, well, I think maybe you're being sensitive. So why, how about you just don't go? Like that's right. you're not invited to my birthday party. Like right. that's exactly it's exactly. It's exactly yeah. what would have happened. And I knew that. And I think it took me about a year to finally say something because it, it took me that long to process all of the things that I saw happening, the feelings that I held, and then to finally be able to say something to you like, hey, this is this has been bothering me. And you're like, I had no idea. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought you were just ex- except, well, two things. One I thought I had talked to you that like, Hey, I'm just going to go my own way. But you were like, well, you talked to me, but that's not exactly what you said. And I was like, Oh, in my head, that's what I said. Right. Um, so in, in my sort of defense, like I thought I had had like a conversation like, Hey, I'm just going to do this on my own. And you're totally welcome to be a part of it and come, but, but I'm going to space my own now. And, um, yeah. but that's not what you heard entirely. Uh, uh-uh. so, I mean, that shows some communication growth. <laughs> it's, it's um, so, Yeah. So I just thought you were still being supportive, but I had to really hit rock bottom. And what that was, was, um, I think it was the October 2019 conference. It was, um, I had over a hundred people attending. It was at the Marriott. It was the night before the conference. My slides weren't done and my swag bags were not put together. My sister Jaylene had a baby at home and I begged her to come to the Marriott and we stayed up until like two, three in the morning stuffing all the swag bags. Like I had all of the, all the stuff for it. I had the sponsors, I had the speakers, I, I had as much as I could have, but I ran out of time. And instead of, and I, how many people offered to help with those damn swag bags? Oh, tons. All of us. Probably a hundred or at least 10. And Mm -hmm. I would not accept it. And so it, I had to be in that space. And, And Jaylene had to say to me, my sister, she had to be like, this is not sustainable. What the fuck are you doing? So it was at the next conference. I, yeah, at that conference, I asked for a committee. And the truth is, I wasn't ready for a committee at that time, but they did help me through a lot. And God bless them. They're still hanging around, most of them in some capacity. So, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get back to that once we have our, our it, we, we had to have the structure and the foundation and the legality and, and then bring people on. And and to bring people on in a more meaningful way instead of just handing them stuff to make happen. Yep. Yeah. And then when we uh, decided to to do the Academy, um, that was also one of the things you're like, "Mm, I don't know. I was like, no, this is going to be different. This is going to be an actual woman's Academy. And well, I'll tell you what my fear was. My fear was that one, I knew if I, tried to take over and control it, I wouldn't follow through. I can follow through on a one-day event, but on a nine, 10-month business um, development program where you have to show up every single month and deliver high deliverables and high quality and high value, I was like, I know who I am. I'll show up like a rock star for about mm, four months. And then the rest of them. And so I I I was very honest with you. I was like, I can't 
I, I, I just that, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, I'll fail. I don't, I did not want to set myself or this up for failure because I was afraid it would do, we would do one year and then it would just fizzle away and never, and we're about to enter year three on the Academy. So like that's, and, and it gets, I'm really proud of the Academy. It's amazing. I'm yeah. The, the women that attend the Academy are phenomenal. And every year we learn something new. Granted, we've only had two years, but every year we learn something new and we tweak it just a little bit the next year. But, but going but I know we're making, we're making real impact on these small business yes. owners where they are a- actually able to implement things into their businesses that make a difference versus some of the other, and not that they're all bad, but like, I don't, and you don't, and probably most, bus- we don't need a business plan. And unless we're going after money, we don't need a business plan. And if we do need a business plan, there's like a million templates online. We don't need an entire like three month course to get through a business plan because by the time you're done writing the damn business plan, you're so much has changed. You have to rewrite the thing and you're going to be stuck in this like write and rewrite of business plans yep. forever thinking that that's somehow the ticket to your business operating appropriately. That right. is such horseshit. And that's it what I found horseshit. a lot of, a lot of academies have, have been. So I'm going to just say it. Yeah. The, and, the, and the real, the real catalyst, the real heart and soul of your business is you. There, there's mm-hmm. no way to get around that. It, even the people that you hire are not going to be as invested in your business as you are because it's your business. And the people that come through the academy, not all of them have employees. Some of them do. But the, the, the other institutes, academies, business schools, whatever, none of them address the person and what the person is dealing with and regard like mental hormonal yes level and and a way of like helping people validate who they are as a person and that most of who they are and well all of who they are is okay and that what doesn't feel okay is one normal and two workoutable yes everything is both of those and if it's something that we want to change, we don't know that one, we can, or two, how. And so that those are things that we talk about. Like, it, and a, There are a lot of moms that have come through the academy. And as business owners, as female business owners, being a mother, we are, right, wrong, or indifferent, the sole emotional support in a household. And so we have all of the emotional labor that we're putting into the house to sustain the house. And then we have to do the same thing with the business. And you do it because you have to, or you yes. want to, not yes. because you have to. Like, it's not like women are like, oh, I have this burden to be this like emotional support system for my husband and my kids and my employees. And well, it's me. No, it's like, it's, it's part just, of the nurturing thing that women are. Right. Yeah. And without addressing those things in business, in, in an academy like ours, then everybody is not experiencing what they could be experiencing. It's a disservice to all female business owners, all uh, woman business owners. You know, I, and the simplest things that we, that we teach there, like one that we had this conversation with um, a potential sponsor the other day um, where I was like, nobody ever told me as a business owner that I should have a relationship with my banker. Yeah. I thought, first of all, I'm afraid of the people that sit in behind the glass in the banks, like with the doors. Like right. I, it's like the principal's office. I I've always felt like if, <laughs> if you're in there, you're probably in trouble. Um, right. I've never had uh, large sums of money or, I mean, Actually, when I learned this as a female business owner was 2018. Um, it was the first time an investment person that I ever talked to was a woman. She spoke at an event and it was the first time that I learned that I could invest money um, to save money for my own future retirement, you know, to have savings, you know, all these things. I had no idea. I was so afraid to have a conversation like that with a man in a suit. Because I didn't have enough to be impressive, you know? Right. And that's so, the other thing. We, ha- we think we have to, I think you said this, we have to f- 
achieve a certain level, and that level is different for everybody, but we have to achieve a certain level before we believe we are able to have those kinds of conversations with people. Yeah. Like I better organically have $10,000 in the bank before I even think about talking to somebody. They're just going to laugh at me. If Mm -hmm. I don't have $500 a month to invest or $1,000 a month to invest or whatever that arbitrary number is and that we put in our heads, if I don't have that much to invest, I might as well invest nothing. I might as well save nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't behoove me to make moves in that way. And that just, now that I, now that I know better, it just, it blows my, my mind that women business owners aren't told this. And I think that I have to look up the the current statistic, but women own damn near 50% of the business in the United States. Yep. That, That is, but we own a very small percentage of businesses that are doing over a half a million dollars a year. And so, and as profits go up, ownership, women's ownership goes down. And that is too goddamn bad. That should, that's what we're working on here. And you know, the other thing I just saw a uh, shark tank guy, bald guy, Mr. Wonderful. It's the only thing I can think of. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I think his name's Kevin. I, I think so. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Reminds me of a minion. So that's how I remember. <laughs> he was talking about um, of all of the companies that he has invested in. 75% of them are, um, are that are woman owned are giving are actually making profit because they do the work they get down and dirty and they they think outside the box and all of the reasons why he thinks investing in a woman owned company is better than investing in in a man owned company i was super impressed by that cuz to be completely honest he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would be like i'm going to support a woman owned business for these reasons. Like he just, Oh, certainly not on the surface level. I mean, he's got like bald white man vibes, you know? Totally. Someone, I heard someone say old, stale and pale. (laughs) Oh yes. I have heard that recently. That was great. (laughs) I think you and I were together. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and and I, and I don't want to dog on all men. No, um, no, no, no. But I do, I do think they're, I, I do think women need to understand where their place in the world is where their potential in the world is, and they are often two different things. They are. And it's not that it's, yeah, yeah. Their place to be very, very clear for those listening is um, at every fucking table and making all of the decisions possible. (laughs) Yeah, but women aren't taking that place. They're not. um, As often as they could. And it's not that every woman should, everybody has, you know, their own idea of what they want their life to look like, but we are often stuck at the decisions and the discretions of other people that we, um, that we didn't, that we didn't sign up for. And, and we often accept less than what we deserve because we accept good enough, uh, very quickly, you know, support the potential in everybody else. Very rarely do we support our own potential. Right. So Yeah, that's, I mean, we're, I think you and I are learning a lot about that. And the Academy has shown a lot of that. We've seen a lot of growth in the women. Um, I mean, we have straight up, we have straight up had to tell, tell people like, absolutely not stop talking about yourself that way. Like, you know, and it's been, it's been interesting to, uh, here's what I, what was finishing. So, so women often talk about legacy to their children, yet the legacy builder that is them, that they want to leave this legacy for their children, be it a nest egg or a business, or just to be proud of their mom or the example of like, you, you know, what you can accomplish or, you know, what kind of person you can be and all that stuff. They often want to leave this legacy, but then they sit there and they like talk shit about the legacy builder in their heads out loud to their children constantly. And I'm just like, girl, you've only got so much time. Tick, tick. Right. I know. And, and it's all about how we were raised and our core coping mechanisms and the way that we survived for so long and our generation. And even some of the, a portion of the generation below us, um, are still dealing with the ways that we were raised. Like we, we, it's not, this is a learned behavior that has been decades in the making. And so listen, yeah, women's, women's rights, uh, women's rights were not federally constitutionally recognized until 2020 right we so pretty much 
The only people that are going to live in a world where your rights are constitutionally recognized have been born in the last three years. Yep. You on that shit. Right. I know. And of a lot of people are like, growing what? Up different. that's not true. It was back in the 70s. Well, it wasn't because they never ratified it. It was not ratified in 1982 like it should have been. And I, I'm going to be talking a lot more about this because I just blew my own mind with this information and embarrassed as hell that I didn't know it. I asked, I asked Alex, who I just about called my 11-year-old because I evidently am stuck in a time warp thanks to 2020. She's 14. But I asked her if she knew when, um, when women's rights were constitutionally recognized um, on a federal level. And she said, oh, it was in the 70s or 80s. And I'm like, when they tried. And a lot of states, to be fair, do recognize women's rights on, on a state level. But um, without it being a without it being constitutional, it, it, it goes back to, to every part of history when people of color couldn't vote, when women couldn't vote, when, when you can't have your voice heard in some way, because it's not constitutionally protected, then it's wishy-washy. And that's just the, that's just the facts, Jack. And, and so the reasons why the main, the main reason why we have created the conference and the academy is because women do business differently. We do life differently. We do life differently, yes. I was on a podcast, I don't know, last year sometime, and um, talking about the academy. and, And I was one of those people for a really long time that believed we should not separate men from women. We should all be sitting at the same table doing the same thing. And it wasn't until for the last for the last couple of years that I realized that that's horseshit. And I mean, you can, if that's, if that sure. rocks your boat, go, go do that. Sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, if that's, yeah, but we have to recognize the differences between the genders in order for there to be significant change. Uh-huh. And that yeah. process is uh, bumping up against tradition. We've always done it this way, which is crap. Um, and, and I and I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but don't right? Yeah. Well, anyway, we don't have to. We don't have to squander on about that, right? <laughs> any longer. Yeah. yeah. So that's happened within this last year since you were last on the podcast. Um, we have. Uh, done lots of amazing things within the community with the conference and the academy. Is there is there anything else that you would like to um, talk about with your business that has changed since you were last on? I have turned my business on its feet head. I think it was on its head before, and now it might be on its tippy toes, balancing drunk. But we're working on it. Um, yeah, I've changed everything about my business in the last year. Um, I went from doing occasional, I'm a hairstylist, makeup artist. I don't color and cut hair. I style hair. Um, that's a whole different story about uh, blood and circulation that I don't want to get into, but it's just, you know, life. But um, I I had a, uh, turn my business around. It was January last year of 2022. God, that's wild that that was a year ago. Um, where we are, I now do uh, brows and lashes, um, and I'm doing a lot more weddings. So I was just retailing makeup and doing occasional um, hair and makeup for weddings. Now I've really amped up my bridal business back up to where it was a few years ago, um, and uh, doing more services in my salon facials, and then I do brow lamination and um, tinting and lashes. That's great. I'm back in school. I'm going to school to be, <laughs> which there's been a pause at school. I'll explain that in a second. Cause that's been fun. Um, getting old is really horseshit. But anyway, back to this story. Um, I'm in school to be an electrolysist. Um, because I'm premenopausal, like probably many of you listening. And damn it, I have had a mustache since I was like 16. And let me just tell you, that thing is getting terrible. So my clients are going through the same shit, which is great. Um, I had a breast reduction in 2021. And then I had emergency gallbladder surgery in October of 2022. And then I had a hysterectomy just three and a half weeks ago. So a few things have changed. Yeah. Number number of organs in my body. Um, and uh, I've been on hormone replacement therapy, which has been an interesting journey. But um, I feel like 
all of that has to do with a lot of what I've learned in the academy as well is how much um, how much our hormone fluctuations influence our day to day and how much we accept mm-hmm. such a lower standard of care for ourselves yeah. medically health wise that we are willing uh, and what I learned through and I won't go into it because you know damn well I can like take a conversation and detour it for an hour on this subject because I'm so passionate about it <laughs> but what I learned is that traditional medicine tells us that if our hormone levels are in normal range that we should just deal with whatever insomnia and anxiety and depression and what, yeah, whatever. We're just not trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. Um, all of these things. And I learned from uh, a new doctor that, um, there's a big difference between normal levels and optimal levels and living at anything less than optimal is not fair. And I, I'm flabbergasted by how much making a few little changes to my health through thyroid and other hormone replacement therapies um, has really made my life so much better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's been the biggest difference. I sleep. Everybody that knows me knows I don't sleep. I okay. was, that's like a thing. I was thriving on, thriving on three to four hours of sleep a night for years. And Shit, I can I can take a nap anytime I want now. It's wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sleeping eight or nine hours a night. Like it's just, I mean, not all the time. I still have some bad habits that I developed when I was because if you're not sleeping, you develop some really bad yeah. TikTok habits. <laughs> <laughs> Are you scrolling again? We know it's really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know when that chick is coming. I. I I got on right faster. I, you know, (laughs) it used to be called a trigger finger. Like it was, it was your pointer finger was your trigger finger. My trigger finger is my thumb now. Yep. Faster than a speeding bullet. I can out out with you (laughs) off my page. (laughs) I will hold down and be like, I don't want to see this. (laughs) This is offensive to my sensibilities. (laughs) I don't care if I've been on here for five and a half hours. Fuck all the way off. Yeah. You know, and what I've learned in my, in my time doing all this stuff in the last year, year and a half of kind of a lot of changes, um, and taking control of, of my, of my business and and what I want to offer to people is that I really cater to giving women, um, this, you know, kind of embracing their beauty and, and, and embracing low maintenance while not looking like you don't give a shit about yourself, which if you could see me right now, you'd be like, is that true, Kendra? Cause I have yesterday's makeup on and a lot of extra, I got bed head. I, I really kind of right now look a little bit like my high school boyfriend. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and, and I'm not apologizing cause it's just that kind of day, but like, it just, that's what I've been learning that like you can, you can want more, you can want to, you don't, have to want to look your age or 20 years younger, but you can feel good about yourself when you look in the mirror at any age and you don't have to be high maintenance to do it. So that's kind of what I'm really trying to give women in my, in my salon. Yeah. And, and also what you're, we're doing with the academy or not the academy. Well, yes, the academy for the conference as well. Like the, the theme of this year's conference is unapologetically you. Yeah. That has been probably, I mean, I say it all the time. They're all really powerful themes, but man, this one's been really powerful. Yeah. We have some really great, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because we're running out of time. And I want to talk about the conference, um, this year's conference, because this episode will be airing soon. And um, so this year is Unapologetically You. It's March 23rd, 32323. And um, you can get your tickets virtually or in person. And some of, there are two sessions that I am super, I'm super excited about. I think you might be as well. Um, so there's a lot of talk about unapologetic because that's the theme and it's important. in lots of different ways. Not just yes. like, not, it's not just about going out, living boldly and being like, look at me world. Cause we're not all, we ain't all wired like that. Right. We're not. And some of us don't want to be, but we have two sessions that I'm super, super excited that we're going to have. One of them is about, um, the title of the session is, I swear this is going to be good. And the gal talking about that session is um, going to talk to you about 
um, how you can be professional and still be yourself, even if that does involve swearing or most importantly, standing up for yourself and, and taking up the space that you should be taking up. Um, she was volunteering. We don't have to be prim. Yeah, she was volunteering. We really wanted her to speak. We really made her, made her apply because we knew she could deliver it, this conversation in a way that would resonate with much of our audience. And, and she's been a woman living in a man's world in the financial industry for what, what is it? 30 some years. Yeah. 35 years. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a lot of experience and I'm sure she's done the entire transformation of prim and proper and knowing your place and being a good girl. And yeah. Um, you know, like what I compare it to is I, I used to work in, um, in engineering and I was often the only woman in the world room in a, in a conference room. And, and I was in a, I was in that seat to, to do this, but it was always assumed I'd be taking the notes, you know, like, Oh, Kendra's here. She'll be taking the notes. And I, I can, so that was in my early twenties and I can fast forward to um, being on a board with a bunch of old white men and walking in the room, being the only girl and somebody saying, Oh, who's going to take the notes. And I literally said, I I won't be. And I know that's how she's going to help people get there sooner. Cause it should not take 25 years, 35 years to get to a place where you. Yep. She's got a fun little story that I I don't want to share because I don't, I want her to share it. Um, so get your ticket to the conference so you can hear this fun little story. Um, but I'm super excited for her to share that story because she's she's going to just, she's going to knock the entire talk out of the park. It's just going to be fantastic. The other session that I am really excited about, we had a lot of women apply um, to talk about self-care. And we always have women apply to talk about self-care. And self-care is great. And, it's, and self-care means a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people. We're very um, careful when we select somebody to talk about self-care because we yeah. aren't here. We all know about bubble baths and pedicures. Like that's, right. that's part of it. Yes. And we encourage it, but you already know that you're smart. Yes. So I, I met with this gal to talk about her presentation because she was concerned because she has actual anatomically correct photos of vulvas for her presentation. And her, let, let me also back up a little bit. Her talk, Yeah, you should say what the topic is because should, now I we're should. like, wait, we're just going <laughs> to, why is this a porn session? Are we starting <laughs> OnlyFans as self-care? <laughs> Which, I mean, go for it if that's what you want to do. Right. So her talk is about self-care, but it's specifically regarding um, the pelvic floor. And she, when we met, she was like, what questions do you have about the pelvic floor? I was like, I don't. I don't have any, like, I don't know what I don't know. Nobody's ever had a conversation with me about it. I know about Kegels. That's about it. And she's like, well, when you sneeze, do you ever peel? Is everyone doing Kegels now? Right. Everyone's doing Kegels. It's listening. All of us. Yeah. And one and two and breathe. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She was like, so have you ever peed a little bit when you sneeze? I was like, no, I've never had kids. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't have that issue. And she was like, it doesn't matter if you've had kids that's still a pelvic floor issue and you could still pee a little when you sneeze or cough or laugh or anything else. I was like, huh, I just learned something in this, in this conversation alone. She's like, um, so she's also going to talk about the different stages of life and she's going to talk about menopause and the, and the pelvic floor and menopause. As I go, like, oh, I do fit into that category. Like I haven't reached menopause yet. I'm still in perimenopause, but that's still information that I, I never like no one talks about no. your, about, about a lot of things until right. you start getting there. And then you're like, is that a hot flash? I, right. you, you don't even know what you're going. And, and it isn't just about having hot flashes either. It's not a just, it's not just about hot flashes and grumpiness. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot more and it's a lot more complicated. And as much as we now know to pr- prepare young women for their periods, which I think we're doing a much more phenomenal job at mm-hmm. in this generation than in past. Yeah. Yay, Gen X. Thanks for raising your children better. Um, and, but I, I feel like there's, it, it's, we, we just, we just don't talk about it. And 
I got a rude awakening to pelvic floor issues when I was 18 years old, working in a nursing home as a nurse's aide. And I had this little woman I took care of and her name was Eva and she was well into her nineties and very small, tiny, frail woman. And she had a prolapsed uterus. Her uterus, I think that's what it's called. I could be wrong. And if, if you're a pelvic floor person, I will take your correction on this. But anyway, her uterus would literally fall out of her vagina and it would just, it just fall out and it would just be hanging there. And we'd have to put it back physically before. So here's the thing. I knew what I, I knew what I had to do. I was a nurse's aide. I knew, and I felt so bad for her. Um, and, and it was, I asked her if it was painful and she said, I'm so used to it, which so many women, that's what we say. Mm -hmm. I'm used to these period pains. I'm used to this excess bleeding. I'm used to this. I'm used to this pain during sex. I'm used to, you know, whatever it is, we just Mm -hmm. deal with it. Yep. Um, I'm used to peeing a little. I just peed a little. We just laugh about it. We're like, ah, (laughs) I'm just pissing my pants four times a day. It's fine. I'm just crying down my leg. (laughs) Yeah. We just deal with it. Um, but I, I, I didn't understand why it happened. I didn't understand why she was living that way. I didn't understand how she got there. I just thought, well, I really hope nobody has to put my uterus back inside my vagina when I get older. That would be oh my God. a win for me. So even, see, that's, that's something else I didn't even know was a, a possibility of life. Well, yeah. And you just said to me the other day, cause I just had a hysterectomy and you're planning on it. And you were like, did you know, like these things could happen? I said, well, yeah, that's why I'm going to go to pelvic floor therapy. Cause I don't want my bowel or my bladder or anything to fall through my pelvic floor and end up between my legs. And that is a real possibility. And you know what? Men never have to worry about waking up and having a piece of their body between their legs. And that is why. Except (laughs) for the one that's supposed to be there. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. But it's always been there. And they know it. And they've been talking about it. They talk about it their entire lives. All the time. They take pictures of it. They send it to people unsolicited. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This is no, it's no, it's no mystery. There's no mystery. And if something itches or burns or has a a pain in it, by God, they're going to do something about it. They are. And they're going to get pain meds for it too, because God forbid they experience any kind of pain. Anyway, we're okay. We are totally getting off topic. So So we're really excited about those two. See, we are really excited about those two topics. Uh, We're excited about all the topics to be fair, but those are two that are really different from anything we've had in the past. Yes, they are. They are very much on the edge of what a lot of people would consider a professional conference topic to be. And I think I love, I absolutely love that we provide that space for people to have those kinds of conversations. Yeah. It's pretty damn cool. It is. Yeah. So anyway, um, because we're running out of time again, um, you didn't tell me about no time limits. I'm just going to say I that know. was not, in, that was not my preparation. Email. We we never talk about time limits in anything that we do, but I always have to reel us back in. So here we are at the end of our time. That That is your burden. <laughs> it is, I'm all right with it. <laughs> the emotional labor that I give to you. She, it's funny because when you do have to reel me back in, which is in every conversation we've ever had with anybody ever, yes. um, I always have to do like the eyes down, like, yeah, like, walk of shame Oops. as I sit there in my chair like oh here I go again but anyway we just move on yeah it's all good <laughs> and it's fun and it's entertaining and we, it always works well um so closing I think I asked you that I know I asked you this last time you were on the show but I don't remember what you said um mm-hmm. if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation of women what would it be oh god I know exactly what it would be um can I give a piece of advice to the next generation, like the ones behind me and the ones above me? Sure. Okay. To the next generation, to the young girls um, behind me. Um, I would give them the gift of not giving a fuck sooner. I mean, it comes with age and it comes with knowledge. It comes with, everyone says says that, but I wish I could give them the power to realize their own power in the bodies, in, in the minds, in the education, in, in the jobs that they have right now. Because as soon as you're able to accept yourself for what you are right now, the sooner you're able to like 
dive into who you can be, you know? So like, I would give that like the ability to see a picture of yourself on social media and not love it and not care. Um, that, that sort of thing, the ability to see yourself in the eyes of others. That's what I would give the next generation. And to the women above me, I will never forget being humiliated through my twenties for women that told me I didn't understand something because I wasn't old enough. Um, oh, and, and, and this is what women do. We say, oh, we just wait until you get to my age. As if there's something that I could do because I was born after you. And that is the one thing I wish I could change from all women is to accept the younger generation for where they are right now and not make them feel lesser than because they don't have the same, they don't have all the experience and knowledge. Um, it's true that a lot of people, younger women people that are younger than you, you're going to see them do things and you're going to be like, oh gosh, which with age, that decision will change and it will, mm-hmm. but we got to give them space to, to grow through all of that. We, I, I see it on social media comments. I see it in person. Oh, you know, I, I had my 40th birthday. I'm feeling some kind of way about it. Well, just wait till you're 50. Well, just, you know, and then the the 60 year olds come in and, and belittle the 50 year old. Well, just wait till you're 60. Well, then it really gets shitty. Well, well, thanks yep. for the Thanks for the vote of confidence, ladies. We really need to lift each other up at, at all of our ages and, and also accept the value from younger perspectives. It's mm-hmm. not, we don't know it all just because we old. And, but I remember when I was in my twenties thinking when, when I was told, oh, just wait till you're this, just wait till you're this. Oh, you're such a baby. Oh, you know, you'll make a different decision with, when you're older. You know, those kind of comments. Um, I remember thinking, oh God, I can't wait till I'm 30 because then that will stop. And, and it didn't stop. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd earned respect when I turned 40 and I just get belittled by people in their fifties and sixties. It's not all the time it's getting better, but I think we really need to think about those conversations because we put women in their place and we make them think, well, you haven't been through this milestone in life. So have you a seat. Fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's something we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, that's my gifts yeah. that I would give. I love that. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. All right. Well, go to youconferences.com. Get your ticket to this conference. You do not want to miss it. You definitely want to be in the room or, or in the virtual room when we will have it streaming again. Um, youconferences.com. The conference is March 23rd, 2023. So we'll see you there. Thank you, Kendra, for being on the show again. Thanks and, for the invitation. Ma'am. Yeah. I mean, you didn't really have a choice, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I love our friendship. Anyway, it's weird. everybody, it, it's it works beautifully. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kenneth, for being on the show again. And uh, we will see all of your beautiful faces at the conference in some form or fashion. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. If you were inspired by this episode, would you do me a favor and let me know? go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review or share this episode. This helps us spread the word and we get to continue sharing the stories that help bring your own ideas to life. Until next time.